Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spurs making good ground through Lamella before Lucas Moura takes over. Takes on Skriniar. Lucas Moura continues his excellent records fixture in front of their own fans this summer. And Lucas Moura. And now the timing has to be right apart. It is. Moura's 1v1. He showed him onto Moura's strong right foot. It's a brilliant strike. Brilliant goal by Spurs. Hello there, guys, and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Normal service is now resumed with your two shows a week of Last Word on Spurs. And helping me digest the pre-season friendly against Inter Milan, I've got Jason McGovern back on the show. Jace, how are you coping? All right, mate. All right. Can't wait for Thursday to finish. What are you talking about? I thought you were, you were excited, Jace, about Thursday's deadline day. Oh, I can't wait for it. I'd hang Jim White by his throat and just get on with the, the football on Saturday. I can't wait, mate. <laughs> Jordan, Jason and myself, delighted to have... Now, the man who stole the show on Thursday night, he's been given the Oracle tag already. Lee McQueen's back, ladies and gentlemen. Lee, how are you? Talk to me, talk to me. How are you? How are you? Not bad. Lee, have you picked up all your trophies now from Thursday? I've picked up, I've got to say, I've got a lot of love. I've got a lot of love, and it's because I talked sense, Wick. <laughs> is that what it at is? At the end of the day, that's what it was. I was talking sense. <laughs> now, look, it was, uh, it was a blinding show, actually, on Thursday, and uh, more of the same tonight. I'm excited to... To be on with uh, with you guys. I do. And Lee, I like what you did there. You said more of the same. Was that a deliberate pun or was that just was that by chance? Well, I think he's stuck another one in the back of the net today, isn't he? So uh, let's. Uh, I think he'll be starting next week for sure. That's it. Now, joining the panel. Now, it's funny we say this. We put out a tweet out last week that Spurs have now made, you know, as amount of signings as what last one on Spurs have. Because we've got our newest signing on the panel. He's now one of our own. We've got the brilliant John from Lily White Rose. John, how are you? Hello, Rick. How are we doing? Yeah, good to see you. Good to be back on. And I'm um, looking forward to an exciting season ahead. Oh, fingers crossed, John. I hope you're right. Well, we are here digesting that pre-season friendly against Inter Milan. Of course, it is a friendly. You can't read too much into it. However, you do get a feeling, Jace. It will be a defining week for Tottenham when we discuss the window coming to a close. And we're going to find out, in my opinion, whether Spurs want to be top four contenders or seriously want to try and challenge Man City and Liverpool for the league. Is that fair, Jace? Yeah, it's fair. But, you know, it's, it's been the case all summer and I've, I've heard it all summer and we all know what we need to do over the, over the course of the next few days. Let's, let's hope we do it. And, um, 
and, and come five o'clock on Thursday, we'll we'll know that that answer. But um, you know, until then, it's all just speculation. And the Celso's about to sign, and and Sessignon's desperate to join Spurs, and this is happening, and that's happening, and PigFarmersWeekly.com in Italy says, you know. <laughs> Mr. Gorgonzola can't wait to join Spurs and yet nothing's happened all summer and I've just got completely bored of it, mate. So can't wait for Thursday to finish. You know, Jess, I never thought I got that feeling from you that you're bored of it. I thought you were excited for it. Oh, no, can't wait for it. I mean, you know, we know we have to strengthen. We all we all seemingly think the players that we're, we're trying to get across the line and, and I'll be annoyed if we don't get them across the line. Of course I will, but, you know, let's, let's just... Let's just not speak about it until Thursday. Yeah. Lee, do you echo those sentiments from Jace? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I think it's... Uh, what, what What makes me um, really get frustrated, I think this would be resonate with a lot of the listeners for, on the pod as well, is that it is pure speculation. I mean, one person says one thing, and all of a sudden, like, the whole the whole of social media goes mad. Sky start reporting certain things. Sky bets start getting, the, 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 you know, different odds. Now, so it's all a game. And, and actually, I, I think I tweeted this early in the week. I might have even sent the last week's show. I think... Sometimes, you know, people forget that we're actually football fans. At the moment, it seems like that lots of people are kind of transfer fans. And, it's, you know, that's not a dig at you, Rick, or anything. That's you fun. do an amazing yeah. job. No, you do an amazing job of reporting what's being reported. Like, it's not you coming out of all these speculation. It's, you know, you're you're passing it on. And I think you do an amazing job. So, it's, so does Jamie from Daily Oxburgh um, and so on and so forth. But, you know, for, for me, I'm, I'm one of these guys that we've had, we played a pre-season friendly last week against Real Madrid and beat them... Um, during that game and you know Poch comes out done all them comments and all that sort of stuff because the first question that he was asked in the press conference is about transfers and about contracts it wasn't even about the game we just beat like Real Madrid and that's the thing that I think people get fed up with and you know I, I like to do some analysis not from a psychology perspective I know that you're going to do that for us later Rick but uh, you know from a, from an analysis point of view when did it change is it the is it the social media aspect of it changed now because everybody can get information whenever they like you know I, I again just reading certain things and seeing things in the media you just think I, again I'm, I'm on I'm with Jace like please just let it shut and let us get on with the work. And I'm pretty certain that's the same as Potticino. Like I said on Thursday, yes, I think we need to strengthen. I still think we're getting Sessinon. I still think we're getting Celso or um, a Bruno Fernandes, one of the two now we're chasing after. I still think we'd do that. And actually, keeping an Ericsson and a Toby, signing them two players plus uh, Ndombele, that's a bloody good window. Like, listen, that is a bloody good window. So everyone just calm down and just crack on with the football. And let's talk about the Inter Milan game and talk about what, what's going to be happening with Villa. Because, ironically, Villa spent about 130 million on saying and had about 100 players. Yeah, I mean, Rick, on, on the window as a whole, I've actually been quietly impressed. I know that's not an unpopular opinion, but, you know, we, we've broken our transfer record in the position we needed to sign someone in Tango Yundumbele. We've managed to offload some deadwood in, in Trippier, Vincent Janssen, Michel Vorm, Fernando Llorente, Shayon Harrison, a few of the younger players. So I actually think it's in quite a good window. Um, obviously, until Thursday, time will tell whether that will be an even better window or a slightly disappointing one. With Delhi getting injured today and Poch confirming he's going to be out for at least two weeks, that means we're going to be without Delhi and Sun for the first two league games, including Manchester City away. That's a big ask. 
Agree. I agree. It's going to be a tough, tough ask and a tough, tough start as well. But let's discuss the Inter Milan game. We'll stick with you, John, because it was a home debut for Tottenham Hotspurs. Record signing, Tungi Undembele, who was partnered in the heart of the midfield with Sissoko and Winks. We saw Rose start for Spurs with Kane leading the line. Alderweireld and Eriksson were on the bench, while Deli Ali was not involved as he had a hamstring injury. John, we can't read too much into these selections pre-season, but what did you make of the 11 that took to the field? Yeah, I was quite impressed with the 11. I sort of thought roughly that maybe be the 11 we would start with on a Saturday against Villa. I mean, Lamella's been in great form pre-season. Lucas was scoring and scored again today. Um, you know, Alderweireld, I think probably we'd have Alderweireld and Jan starting on Saturday. Um, but it seems like Walker-Peters will get the nod. He he did OK. I don't want to oversell his performance. He did OK, but he did make a mistake for the Inter's equaliser. He sort of fell asleep at the back and let a pass come in behind him, which was disappointing. Um, but generally, he did OK. I thought Rose played fairly well. Endombele was quiet. He had some nice touches on the ball, drifted through a few players. But uh, on the whole, it was a quiet home debut. I mean, it, it was a sort of lethargic game. It sort of went by and you, I would have forgotten about it by tomorrow, as I'm sure most people will have done. Hey, Jamie in the week said that Endombele um, looked a bit, bit kind of behind the pace. or Yeah, he actually was chubby, to be fair, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. But actually, having seen today... He did look a little bit sluggish, didn't he? He's probably a couple of weeks behind being being up to maybe Premier League speed. Would you would you think, would you agree with that, John? Yeah, I would. I would agree with that, and I think that's slightly disappointing actually, because he wasn't. It's not as though we signed him last week. We signed him very early in the window on purpose to get him fit and get him accumulated with the rest of the players. I know he had some time off um, after some international duty, but notwithstanding that, I'm quite disappointed he's not up to the same level as the rest of the players. And on that as a whole, Inter don't start their season for an extra week later than the Premier League do, and they looked sort of fitter than us today, which was a bit concerning. But they but they did start 10 days earlier than us um, as, as a unit in terms of their pre-season, I think. Okay, they did. The, so they, they, their preparations yeah. were a little bit further along than us. But yeah, right. so that, uh, yeah, I do I do agree with you. Though. I think that you know, at home as well, that, that should have been a stonking game today. But the atmosphere um, wasn't, you know, you, like you say, it's a pro- I know look, it's a pre-season friendly, but the atmosphere wasn't great, was it, Rick? It wasn't. No, to be fair, it was a bit of a flat atmosphere. I don't think you can really put it down to it. It was a, bit, I mean, a family fun day out, if I want to call it like that. You've probably got a lot of tourists going to Spurs that you know may not be the crowd you're going to get for Aston Villa at home. But just to pick up there on the points that John and Lee have made, Jace, you know, on Dembele, Pochettino has said that for him it's difficult. We cannot expect too much. We need to accept he needs time to adapt to a first new culture a new country, new habits. Of course, it's only him who arrived to the club and that makes it more difficult. What do you make of Pochettino's comments there on Tongi? Well, I just think in general, you know, what am I expecting from him this year? I expect a, a typical first year for a new player to the Premier League. I think he's there's been one or two comments in pre-season that suggest he's perhaps finding it a little bit more demanding than than he originally thought. Um, so I think he will probably start quite slowly and he'll have a, a bit of a downturn in December and, and you may get, you know, a little bit of inconsistent performances, particularly between now and Christmas. But, you know, there's, there's no doubt in the quality of the signing that we've got. And in the in the long run, it'll be a fantastic signing. But, you know, we saw how Sonny struggled in his first season. We've seen Lucas Moura struggle for consistency in his first season. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Ndombele struggles, like I say, particularly between now and Christmas. Does he start on Saturday? Do you oh, 100% for me, he does. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. Absolutely yeah. does. Because Likewise for me. You know, yeah, yeah, me too. What you got to think about is there's there's a number of players that aren't available to start, so you know the team more or less picks itself on on Saturday. There's there's not a lot of 
you know, there's no Dyer, there's no Davis, there's no Foyth, there's no Son, there's no um, Allen, there's no Wanyama, so <laughs> there's no Serge Aurier. No Foyth. Uh, no Foyth. Yeah, we're having so, a shocker here, lads, aren't we? Probably so, City you know, Part 2. No, exactly. <laughs> so I think, you know, probably the starting line-up today, in his mind, probably was the, his, the side that will start the game next Saturday. Let me sit with you, Jace. Spurs went straight into a diamond formation with Winks at the base and Lamella behind Lucas and Kane. Pochettino's formation of choice nowadays, it's one that can switch into a different variations with a single shout from the bench. But we've got a lot of questions in on the formations. And this one is from Cooper, an American Spur Cooper, regular listener. He says, Jace, is the diamond working or do we need to revert to another formation? I like Lucas up top, just don't love that midfield setup. Well, I suppose, you know, with, with Winks and Dombele yet unproven and, and Musa, you look and wonder where there's that real creativity coming from. But, you know, I think like all tactics, mate, it works in some games, it doesn't in others. It, it depends how the other team sets up. I, I, honestly, I try not to get too caught up in it. I want 11 players to play better than their opposition. And that can happen with whatever the formation is. We don't know how Villa will set up. So... You know, we'll see. And if, if you happen to win the game one nil, then then the tactics seem to have worked. If you if you play brilliantly and lose it three two, everyone rips you apart and says it didn't work. So, you know, the result is always the the judge of whether the tactics work. But like any tactical plan, during the course of the game, we'll change ours. Villa will change theirs, and you know, it's, it's the result that matters at the end of the day. Okay, coming over to you, you Lee. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. This is from Will and Dembele at Will underscore Coy, who says. With the midfield diamond likely, who starts with Kane, Son or Lucas? When they're all fully fit. Well, I think I think it's I think that's also going to depend on the next two games because if it is a diamond, then he's playing two up top, and Lucas starts both and scores four goals or scores a goal in an hat trick or whatever. Then the question is, when Son is back, it's probably going to be Lucas, um, and, and I think that's that again for me showcases the strength and depth that we that actually already do have, regardless of transfer windows and whatnot. And that actually comes back to a point I was about to make before, which is if he is setting up as a diamond, which looks looks like he is now, that that number, that tip of the diamond, if you like, that that typical number 10, we're going to have, you're going to think that you're going to be looking at a Son and a Lucas and a Kane to be uh, fighting for, for two places, if that's how he's going to play. And therefore that number 10 role is going to be a Lamella or a La Celso or dare I say, or Fernandez or a, or Deli Ali, do you know, or Christian Eriksen. I mean, that's quite a lot of players if you think about it for that one position. Um, do you know what I mean? Because you, you're not going to. I wouldn't suggest that you're going to be playing Lamella, Eriksen, or Deli deeper than what that that kind of tip of the diamond is. So to answer the um, to answer the question. Um, it's going to be Lucas Moore for the next two games for sure. And then it's his shirt to lose, isn't it, to be fair? OK, interesting. Well, let's get straight into the first goal. John Lucas continued his fine preseason form for Spurs with Lamella teeing up the Brazilian who took a touch and thumped it past Handanovic at his near post to put us 1-0 up after just two minutes. I mean, what a finish from Lucas. Yeah, Rick, it was fantastic. I mean, if you take into account that Handanovic is probably in the top 10 keepers in world football as well. He's six foot seven, lots of experience. Uh, it was a really impressive finish from Lucas, similar to a, a couple he got against Huddersfield towards the back end of last season. I think this is going to be a real breakthrough season for Lucas, actually. I think his confidence is very high pre-season. He looks absolutely on flames at the moment. So I'm going for him to hit you know, about 10, 15 goals this season. It's going to be a big, big season for him. Jace, we've been speaking about Lucas Moore and just the impact this guy could have in the season ahead. I mean, 
you've got to say, I think he's going to take the Premier League by storm in the upcoming season. Is that fair, Jace? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I expect him to have a, a more consistent season than last year. And, and he actually had a, let's be fair, he had he had a lot of good impact last year, particularly in those big games. It's Barcelona, Ajax, scored at Liverpool, scored at Old Trafford. You know, he scored some big goals last year in big games for us. And um, it, I think he'll be a lot more confident. I think, you know, the team, team certainly have faith in him now. They, they don't look at him as a backup player. I think he feels more comfortable, and, and as Lee says, he's got the early chance. It was it was Man United away was the second game last year, wasn't it? When he he wrapped wrapped three in, was it? He played yeah, against Fulham yeah, right third in. game, I think it was, wasn't it? Third game, scored, second scored or really third game. Goal against Fulham at home, and then went to Old Trafford and scored three, or got two rather at Old Trafford. So yeah, two can got the other. That's right, and he's he's got the opportunity to do the same, and I think he'll he'll be bursting because of missing that Champions League final, determined that whatever their next cup final is, that situation won't happen to him. And I think we will see a fantastic player this year. Lee, we know... And he was loving the Audi Cup, wasn't he? He was loving the Audi Cup as well, wasn't he? When, when we got that trophy, bless him. He was like talking about the trophy and whatever. Uh, old Lucas, loving it. Big season for him, Lee. Is he going to step up now? Do you think nail down a regular spot in that first team? Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know if uh, um, some listeners will remember this or you guys remember this, but I actually, um, when he scored that amazing goal at Fulham, everyone was going mental, saying he is the real deal, he's, the, he's this, that, and that. And I actually said on the on the show that day um, that we did, I, I wasn't sure about him still. I still think he had something to learn. I still think he had something. And I got shot down a few times from a couple of our um, uh, fellow American listeners and whatever. Um, but one of the reasons you know for, for that is because I think he needed to... Um, time to understand the pace and a little bit like what Jace just said about um, Tungai to be fair is he's got to take some time to bed in and now he's definitely done that the, comp- the goals he scored are big goals and Jace always says it's about Lamello that you don't score big goals at big times well Lucas has definitely done that so I think he's I think he's got I don't want to put too much pressure on him either but I think that like I say, he's got the shirt now, right? Because Sonny is amazing. We all love Sonny. There's just no, there's no reason for 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 not loving Sonny. But Lucas has got the shirt, so it's up to him now. If he if he goes and scores a couple of goals, you never know. It could be, it could be, we could be starting up with Sonny and Lucas up top. Kane Kane's going to be on his toes again. That's that's what I like. That that's what it should be. That's why we should be signing other players, like Jamie said before, about freshening it up because we want competition for places, not knowing for a fact that you're always going to start. And with Lucas um, stepping up now, he's not a backup player like like Jay said, like we said last week. He is a he is a first eleven player. It's just how how you can fit them all in. That's Potch's job, isn't it? Talk about first seven players and ones you can fit in. John, a question here from Ollie Woodholt who says, is this finally going to be Lamella's season? How many times have we, have we asked that question over the years, though? Yeah, it's so hard to predict, isn't it? Because, you know, most pre-seasons he starts like this. He's on absolute, you know, fantastic form, scoring goals, lots of assists, looking really passionate. The unfortunate is it will creep round to October. There'll be some sort of injury and we'll go through the same again. Look, I, I do really rate Lamella, actually, and if he was fully fit and, and, and offered something, he would probably get in my strongest starting eleven for Spurs. But history, you know, tells its own story. He's, he's on 100 grand a week. He's on big money. Um, if someone even now offered 30 million before uh, Thursday's window, would I sell him? Yes. And that's the sad truth. I think he's a good player, but I just think he's so injury prone. Chase, do you agree? Totally agree with that. You know, it's, it's what's this year six, year seven coming up now of Eric Mamela. We've, we've not had a, We've not had one really good year from him yet. I think, like uh, like he's just said, 
I think there's a real talent in there, but we don't see it. We don't see it enough in in a run of games. We don't see it for five or six games in a row, and and we rarely see it for ninety minutes in a game. You know, there's flashes of brilliance in there, and then he'll do something stupid, and you you know back you go again, or he'll hold the ball too long. And and where was the in that Audi Cup game? I think we had a three on one at one stage where we broke or something, and he ended up over Delhi in with the ball and we, we lose that advantage. So I think that's the thing with Eric Lamella, the, the talent's there, but it, it's so frustrating. And, I, and yeah, I mean, I would have looked to try and move him on in the summer anyway. Let's discuss Carl Walker-Peters. John, I'm actually going to start with you because twice the young right-back was hacked down after beating his first man, you know, dribbling in his own half. And then we saw Inter hit the post and they gave us a warning sign really before their equaliser. You know, it's Walker-Peters' loose ball that found Brozovic who curled a shot against the right hand upright. And, what do you make of Carl Walker-Peters' future here, you know, John? Do you generally believe he's going to be you know, challenging for that first-team spot? I think when we started this summer, we, we had three right-backs. And honestly, I think the club would have sold all of them had they received acceptable offers, what the clean club deal you know, sees a fair value. If Palace, or we hear that Palace and Leipzig and some others were interested, but if any of them actually said, look, Daniel Levy, here's 15 million, I think he would have been sold. Um, and we're now left in a situation where we've got two right-backs left out of the three. We don't particularly trust either, and it's sort of a who's fit to play each week. It's not an ideal situation at all. Um, to, as I said, I thought he played quite well today. Um, he gets some good attacking runs forward. There was an inter-fullback, Dalbert, who took him out, as you said, two or three times. Um, so it was causing them some problems, and it was putting them on the back foot of his pace. But then his deliveries were poor. Um, and then, as I said, he, he was asleep for their equaliser, which was really disappointing on the chance when he was really out to impress Pochettino and stake a claim for getting that number two shirt, basically, and saying, I'm going to be the right back. Uh, again, it was a mistake. You, you see moments of, of good stuff from Carl Walker-Peters and you think he's really going to push on. But there always seems to be an error. I think back to the, the Barcelona game, the game of Crystal Palace, the handball. I mean, there was a couple of others last season when he did play. Um I don't think long-term he's our answer, which is sad because I love seeing the academy boys come through and I've really had high hopes for him, but I just feel like there's always a mistake. Mm, I mean, into equalised, since he played a 1-2 with Valeria, he buried his shot past Lurie. Spurs carved open, you know, through the middle of the team. I mean, Lee, hand on heart, how do you feel about Kyle Walker-Peters? Can you see him, you know, taking this opportunity to shine in a Spurs shirt next season? Because at the moment, as things stand, he is going to be in the first team. Yeah, look, I mean... You know, the whole raw talent thing. So, I'm like, John, I love seeing... Like all of us, I suppose. I love seeing players coming through. He's one of our own. I think he'll probably get, uh, you know, with the fans, certainly, a little bit more time than maybe, you know, a Trippio and Aurea uh, might on the, on the basis that he's come through the academy system. He is one of our own. Um, I think that there is going to be mistakes in there. I think the fact that the position that he's playing, uh, when he does make a mistake, is probably highlighted even further because obviously he's a, you know, he's a defender. Everybody in, in revolved around Tottenham, around Spurs, is looking for a world-class right-back because we haven't had one since Carl Walker. And, you know, we know that we struggled in that position last year. And then all of a sudden we're saying, right, OK, KWP, step up. But then so the spotlight's on him even more. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? So it's not as if he's, he could be eased into the position because everybody's going, we should have signed Wan-Bazak or we should have got Max Aarons or we should go out and get a new right-back. So that, that, that actual position itself is highlighted. And, and, I, and I'll put this to, you, to all of you when we talk about transfers in, in a bit, I'm assuming. But actually, if I said to all of you, where do we really need to strengthen? I bet you all tell me. Right back. So, so the point being is that you know you've got a guy coming in, still learning his trade, playing his trade, 
and actually it's the position that is the kind of most most wanted, if you know what I mean. Does that does that make sense? It does make sense. I mean, Jace, the goal conceded, you have to accept, you know, if you have young players at the back, they're gonna make mistakes, but Sanchez got attracted to the forward. KWP allowed the runner to get past him. Oddly Larice remained rooted and gave the interplayer all the time in the world to pick his spot. You know, just based on that goal, Jace, your thoughts ahead of the upcoming season, KWP being a you know in that first team, how does that make you feel? Are you, are you confident? Do you, do you back him in that position? Well, the goal today hasn't, hasn't really changed my, my view on him. I think where we are with KWP, I think he's a perfect Tottenham player five years ago when when Ryan Mason came into the side and Andros Townsend came to the side and we had Europa League football in the group stages to play in and we were taking the, the Carabao Cup seriously and you'd have you know Burnley at home or something. They were the types of games we could play in. But we're now in a situation where as a top four club, where it's, it's much harder to allow somebody to make lots of mistakes. And, and you look at our fixture list and you think Manchester City away, match day two, Arsenal away, match day four. You know, they are serious tests and the type of games where if a player makes a mistake in, you know, the crowd are soon going to be on their backs and, and the whole speculation falls. And there you go. There's there's two games that we've lost to top six teams away and we're not improving on that. And so, you know, let's be fair, they, they're the types of games you can lose anyway, aren't they? You know, whoever's playing in the side. But, you know, you, you look at Raheem Sterling or, or the new boy at, at Arsenal or, or even Palace in match day five with Zaha going at him. It, it's going to be a, a torrid time for a player that's perhaps... Not, nowhere near ideally ready for us and that's that's the problem for us and there's the types of games that if we we drop points in and we're you know let's be honest if if you were to lose those two away games I'm not saying we will do but they're, they're possible games to lose and you suddenly look and after four games you can be stuck in the middle of the table and you're 10th and whilst we can all sit here and say well it's only four games gone the the, the press pack and there'll be the negativity of supporters will be saying or straight onto us. There you go. Look, we're struggling to make the top four. We should have strengthened that area. And so the whole negative thing starts so early in the season for him. And so I, I think it's a, a really tough ask for him to 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 get himself a place. I think that's an absolutely spot on point. I mean, whatever what everything you just said there, because you can you can see that rolling out, can't you? You can see yeah. before the end of September. You can blatantly see that we you know we could be in a situation where we've lost them to uh, away games. And then all of a sudden we're like, you know, boomongers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you could you could definitely see that happening. I mean, I'd like to think that we could definitely see the fact that we could be four games in and hundred percent record still. <laughs> and you never know; it might be the case. But, I mean, you're right, you, know, you, you look at a little run and you think we got a little run. I think September, Southampton home, Brighton away, Watford home. That's the type of run that I feel KWP needs to to start the season with. Not have. Manchester City away, Arsenal away, Palace with with quite possibly Zaha running. They're, they're difficult games for him, that's for sure. And then, you know, the, the flip side of that is you can play Oria in those, who's had absolutely no pre-season whatsoever. So, you know, they're difficult games coming up. That's fair. I mean, let's discuss him in Sonny forced the keeper into a save before the corner was taken and Spurs made a whole host of changes. We saw Parrot, White, Marsh, Tanganga... Georgiou and Nkudu replace Sanchez, Rose, Walker-Peters, Undumbele, Lamella and Lucas. I mean, John, we did pretty much change a lot of that eleven after the break. What did you make of those changes? Obviously, Adavirad also came on um, in the second half. Yeah, thoughts on those changes, John? 
Yeah, I was absolutely delighted for some of the younger lads to make their sort of White Hart Lane debuts. Looking at Jaffet Tangango, he's been around a number of years. He's 20 now, but he hadn't actually played at the, at the new lane yet. So that was brilliant for him. Uh, young Troy Parrott as well, and he got a great reception when he came on. And uh, Giorgio. So I was really, really pleased for some of the younger lads. Obviously, White has played there before. He played in the first test event and scored against Southampton with a penalty. Which why I was a little surprised he hasn't stepped up in either of the last two shootouts. Because for the 18s, he's a fantastic set-piece taker. Um, so I was really pleased for them to sort of get on and feel the experience of playing in front of that south stand and getting the fan support behind them and hopefully giving them a desire to want to get on more and, and be more involved in the first team. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was really good they got involved. And um, I'm, I'm not too fussed about the result. I just thought it was good for people to get legs in their minutes ahead of next week. I thought, you know, we looked OK. I was, I was a little surprised by our fitness levels compared to Inter. Maybe I was just overly impressed with the job Antonio Conte is doing with what I see as an average Inter side. Um, but I was, in, I was impressed with them and... Yeah, you know, it was just a, a, a fitness exercise, really. OK, let's bring up the topic of talk now, which is going to be controversial on the show. Not everyone's going to agree, but that's what we love. We love uh, opinions where, you know, all of us, you know, we're all friends. We try and see eye to eye at the better times, but sometimes it's not always possible. And that's where Christian Eriksen comes into the conversation because he missed another penalty for Spurs, his second in pre-season. Now, I will say this point, penalties, they are a lottery. However, to me, watching him for the time he was on the pitch... His body language to me doesn't suggest he wants to be at the club anymore. And, you know, I'm of the opinion that, you know, no one is bigger than the football club. And if he doesn't want to be here, then get rid of him. But maybe the Spurs issue we're going to have is that no one wants to buy him. I mean, Lee, what's the solution here? Am I going OTT? Do you agree? What's your thoughts? No, I do, I do agree with you in the sense of if somebody doesn't want to be there, um, you know, there's, there's there's no point trying to keep somebody at the club that doesn't want to be there. I think the, the biggest issue that we've got, I think Gav, uh, I think it was Gav that uh, came in on the Love Talk show a couple of weeks back on the on the WhatsApp, sort of said, what, why would he sign a new contract? Why wouldn't he? I think he was talking about all of the world at the time. But but actually, it's the same with Ericsson. If 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 no one wants to buy him this now, just sit there and it, and it just and it just happens. if if we can't ship him out. Do you know what I mean? Players nowadays can just say, okay, oh, I'll wait, I'll go on a free. That that will be absolute massive blow. I mean, over a slightly different because he might go on a free and it was only 25 minutes or whatever. Um, you know, Ericsson, if he's got four years left on his contracts today, he's worth 70, 80, 90 million. Like, regardless of whatever you think about his, his recent performances, the, the fact of the matter is he is a 70, 80 million pound player in today's market. So it is, it is a big, a massive issue. Um, if... Again, this is where the speculation bit comes in. If he doesn't want to be there, we don't know if he wants to be there or not. But he has, in fairness, he has come out earlier in the in the season or at the end of um, uh, in the window and sort of said, you know, maybe it's time for a change and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, he, he has been making them kind of moves. Uh, I think the, the the most worrying thing for me, as obviously as a Spurs fan and and, and being on the pod, is that. Our window shuts on the eighth, which is great because Jason and I can't wait for it to bloody shut. But actually, <laughs> the Spanish window, for example, don't shut until September the second. So hey, somebody could come in around Madrid or whatever and, and actually take Ericsson off us after we've closed our window. That's going to be a problem, and I'm wondering whether or not that's the reason why it seems to be that we're scattering around trying to get a Fernandez and a Lo Celso in. Because I can't, like I said to you a minute ago, if 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 Poch is playing the diamond, that tip of the diamond, we've already got three players that will play that one position. Yeah, Lamella, Ericsson, and Deli Ali. If we sign Fernandez and Lo Celso, that's five people for that one position. That we're not going to sign. 
then both of them players and Keith Erickson, are no, we? So, 100% not. No, again, not it's, it's all speculation, so we don't know. But, I mean, to answer your question directly, I agree with you. If you don't, if, if you don't want to be there, you've got to get rid of him. Because there's no, there's no reason... Give me In the past, right, for Spurs, and so, for some of the listeners that maybe um, didn't know Spurs in the 90s or in the 80s or whatever, but certainly in the 90s, sometimes we'd be begging, just give us one more year. Please, please, Mr. Player, give us so one true. more year. You so, know, so but, but yeah. now, now we're not like that. Like was um, Jay said earlier, you know, it's a di- like when we talk about KWP, it's a different situation now. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't be, li- oh, please, Mr. Erickson, give us one more year. He's only got one more year. Do you know what I mean? So even if we wanted him to stay, he's only got one more year anyway. So, uh, I think Jay's touched on it on, on Love Sport um, a couple of weeks back around maybe a break clause situation. I know Jamie talked about it as well last week. Maybe that's going on. But if you don't want to be there, then we... It's a difficult one because if you don't want to be there and we can't get rid of him, he's going to be there when he don't want to be. So it's it's not a great situation, is it? Jay, you hear Lee's comments there. Now, I know we had a chat off Twitter and you know you said to me, I'm not a body site, I'm not a psychologist, I can't read into people's minds and what he's thinking. But, you know, we've got a great question in here, and this is from Thatchmo, who says, do you feel behind-the-scenes problems are going to cause us concern later down the line, i.e. Ericsson's situation, Toby's contract, Rose still being here in Poch, obviously wanted him gone. When Trippier did come out with those words and said, you know, there's issues behind the scenes or problems behind the scenes, is that what you think he's maybe alluding to, the fact that players don't want to be there and are causing issues? Or do you think we're over planet with Ericsson? Are we misreading what we're, what we're watching? Hard to know, Rick, unless you're right inside it, isn't it? it? It really is difficult to tell. I mean, as I said to you, you know, people saying, oh, his body language doesn't want this. And, and I call them amateur psychologists because if, if you looked at Christian Eriksen two years ago, he is a very cool, calm person. I mean, he missed a penalty for Denmark in a World Cup shootout and didn't look bothered by it. But don't tell me he, he deliberately missed it or he's, he doesn't care about playing for his country. So, you know, that is Christian Eriksen, I'm afraid. And... and I don't know what people want him to do. Is he supposed to miss his penalty and then run around and headbutt the post or something and show he cares? It's just that's that's his mannerism. And, you know, when he scored in, in midweek against Bayern, everyone said, well, there was no real celebration. But was there a big celebration when Kane scored in midweek against Madrid? Was there a, a big celebration when, when um, I forget, who got the other goal against Bayern in the week? Who got the first goal against Bayern in the week? Lucas. Lucas. Lucas Moura, was it Lucas Moura got the first goal? You know, there wasn't big celebrations there. So just, we, we don't know the, the situation with Christian Eriksen. You know, we've been here with players like Berbatov and Modric at the start of the season, not being in the right place to play. I think with Luka Modric, when he missed out on that move to Chelsea, and I think he deliberately pulled out of a game, didn't he? And, and said, you know, his head wasn't in the right place. And was that the game we lost 5-0 to Manchester City or something like that? But... Once the window shut, Luka Modric got his head down and played played his guts off for the rest of the season. And we just have to wait and see with Christian Eriksen. I, I, you know, I don't want to say what's in his head because I have no idea what's in his head. No, that's fair. I mean, but John, how do you feel keeping a player that has already come out and said he would like a new challenge? Do you not think we're going to be in a situation where even if Eriksen does sign a new deal with a clause in there to say, you know, there's a chance he can move on if a club comes in for him. We're keeping a player that knowingly doesn't really want to be at the football club. And I don't feel comfortable with that being a fan. Like Lee said, we have progressed but, now. Can I just say, Rick, on that, can I just say on that, you've had a situation for two years where somebody has talked to clubs behind their backs and you have defended mm. and begged for him to be in Tottenham's side and saying he's right back in the, in the shirt that he deserves to be in. 
Jason, so you've got to be consistent Okay, with hold it. on a second. Hold on. on Danny Rose, we'll come on to Danny Rose, that's fine. But just to answer back to that point, with Danny Rose, when I watch him on the field plan for Tottenham, I see a guy that has been committed in every game he's played for. I'm not sitting there saying that Ericsson's head hasn't been in, you know, for Spurs the last couple of seasons. But with Danny Rose, it is a case also that he's getting a 29. The club's policy, as we know that, is when a player reaches 29... They want to try and move these players on. They don't want to give them a long-term deal. And I've said to you before with Danny Rose, that if a player comes in of better quality or, or of adequate quality to Danny Rose, I'll be up for selling him. But you can't guarantee me someone's going to come in and be better than him. But just, Jace, we'll all come on to it. John, tell me about Christian Eriksen and your thoughts on his future. Yeah, two, two points on that. One, I think it's slightly wrong to say that he said he wants... Yes, he did say he wants to try something new, but he was very explicit that there's not many things better than Tottenham. So that leaves, you know, if Real Madrid or a Barcelona or maybe a PSG, that level of elite club came in for him. Yes, he would be up for that. But he said it's not so bad at Tottenham. Um, you know, sometimes with an elite level player like Christian Eriksen, you do sort of have to accept that. And I'm one that would accept that from him. I just think he's so good, so important for us um, that I, I'm happy to keep him around. On the break clause, I don't really see him going for that. What does he gain from doing that? He can wait now until January if an offer doesn't come in for him in the next you know, month or so, until those windows shut in September, um, he can wait and see what he's got in January. Somebody would, you know, Juve, whoever, who are the masters of the free transfers, will offer him something first to Jan, and uh, they'll take him for nothing. It'll be disappointing for us, but we've had him for seven seasons. He, he has shown us a lot of loyalties. He's given us some fantastic performances year in, year out. Um, personally, you know, I would love him to stay, but I, I just can't see it, I'm afraid. Okay. John, question here from Ricardo Cunha, who says, should we sell Ericsson and buy Le Celso and Bruno Fernandes? I don't see that happening. I just don't think it's possible. I mean, buying those two players would probably cost just under or over 100 million. Ericsson, what are we going to get? We're, we're in a weak position here. Clubs know they can wait six months and sign him on a pre-contract for nothing to join the following July. So, realistically, if I see someone coming in for Ericsson, what are we going to get? 50, 60 max when he's actually a 100 million pound player if he was in you know, a two, three, four-year contract. Um, so, no, I think that's impossible that we'd buy both. OK, interesting. Lee, what do you think on that point? Well, I think from a... I, I agree, John, 100% agree, I, I think. But you, you're looking at two points here. You're looking at some of the fans that don't see it in that way and they just look at it as, we need to show ambition, we need to get them two players in. But, but and, and actually, from an agreeing perspective, I would like to see them two players come in if Ericsson was going. But from a from an actual making it happen, sec the second part half and making it happen, it's impossible because of the exact situation that John has just said. So you know the reality is you can we can sit there and try and blame people for that, but the point being is that we 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 know. I think we know for a fact, it's probably fair for me to say that, we know for a fact that Potticino, end of not last season, the season before, met with Christian Eriksen, went and had dinner with him at his house, all that sort of stuff before the whole World Cup scenario. And so they were talking about a new contract then. It's taken an entire season and we're now in a situation where he's got one year left. And, and like John said, he can he's sign a pre-contract in January. Um, if, if So why would he... If, if, if you're right, Rick, if you are the, um, you know, the psychologist and you can see his body language and you can tell... <laughs> I'm only that, telling no, no, you no, what no, I've no, 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 seen no, from I'm him just, today. It's, pull, it's hard, isn't I'm it? Put, yeah. I'm pulling your leg a little bit, but yeah, no, no, if you are right, if, say, say you're right and he don't want to play for us, there's no chance in hell that he's going to sign a new contract, is there? Mm. Wait, I think I... the other thing I would just say on, on Christian Eriksen, we, we don't know the conversations that have, have gone on with, with him and his team and, and the real reasons, and... 
let's be fair, he came out and made a comment that he'd like to try something new. He, he was probably too honest in that because I'm, I'm betting there's a number of players at, at almost any club that would think if Barcelona or Real Madrid come in for me, I'd like to take that on. You, you, you wouldn't... I bet Mo Salah would consider it. You know, which player in the world wouldn't consider joining Barcelona or Real Madrid? They're, they're two special elite clubs that, that any player should aspire to to want to play for. That's the first thing. Ericsson made the comment public. I bet if Musa Sissoko was asked, does he want to go and play for Real Madrid? He'd say yes. So, you know, you, you have to take that. The, the other part I would say with Christian Ericsson, maybe a little bit of it is that there is the frustration that Tottenham don't appear to want to kick on. And that, that maybe if that offer doesn't come and you was to go and sign Lo Celso and you do make the, be it Sessignon or a left-sided player and you do sign a right-back this week or something, maybe that would be enough for him to say, oh, actually, no, they are going to, to they are trying to make that step up to the next. We're not just going to be chasing a top four. We do want a challenge. And maybe that would be enough to make him make that commitment to us. We, we don't know that situation. So I think, I think you know, let's, let's get to Thursday and see what happens then. I think I think that's a, I think that's a good point, Jace. But again, on that, I saw um, you know I was reading this week and somebody made the exact same point, but about Kane. And they said, you know, if Levy don't put his money, um, get his checkbook out and uh, all that sort of stuff, we're not going to realise the same ambition as what Kane wants and then Kane's going to leave. But, but so part, I, I kind of get that that kind of angle of where people are going with that. But equally, what 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 the player themselves has to think about and also the rest of the club and, and certainly the fans is that if we tied Christian Eriksen down to a five-year deal, that is ambition. If we give him 200 grand a week when he's only on 70, that is ambition. If we're breaking our transfer record, like John said already, with uh, Ndombele, that is ambition. So it, that it's the definition of kicking on for me. That's what frustrated me last week on the show. Um, and that's what's still frustrating me when I'm talking to other Spurs fans in, in the situation around it. I think we all want the best for our club. and but But we all think differently define the best for our club it's the definition of what that looks like now if we signed Christian Eriksen on a long-term deal Toby on a long-term deal all the rest of them on long-term deals we smash our transfer record we buy we build a billion pound stadium we've got the best transfer uh, best um, uh, training facilities in the world we've just got to Champions League final isn't that kicking on it isn't that kicking on or is it about spending Two, three hundred million, or another hundred million, or getting these two other players in. Because, like I said to Jamie in in the week, sorry to waffle on, but you can cut me out if you want. But like I said to Jamie last week, is that you know at the end of the day, yeah, we need these signings, we need these signings. But actually, at the end of it, if if we signed a Celso and Cessna, we'd have been well happy. But but you know, some some people aren't, some people aren't. You can't please. It's like politics, isn't it? Yeah, you can't please everybody. I think, yeah. maybe, I think maybe the word isn't so much ambition; it's belief. Those players believe we are literally on the verge of a trophy, or do they believe that perhaps their best chance was last year? It's gone, and you know what? We're probably unlikely to get to a final again. And, and is, is the, you know, as the head gone down and the shoulders sagged, and they, they think, you know, yes, we've gone and signed and Dombele, but we still haven't done enough. And I don't believe this squad is, is capable of of being more and it looks like I'm going to be a nearly player here. On that point, Jess, you make there. That's why I say to you, this week for me, it's defining whether the club are going to be just a top four contender or whether they are going to try and spend the money in the right areas to go and actually want to 
push on to try and challenge Man City and Liverpool. Because I don't believe Pochettino, after that Champions League final, would have stayed at the club if he didn't feel that there was going to be another chapter, another level. And it is just about now trying to establish when that window closes on Thursday, when it's all over and we'll all be you know, behind the team. Whatever happens, whatever he's done, is done. The window closes. So that's where the transfer talk comes to an end and you focus on the team. And we'll find out come Thursday whether the team are generally going to be trying to challenge for the title or whether it's top four. Now, we are going to go for a break. After that break, we're going to discuss Maurizio Pochettino's post-match comments and where he discusses the injuries, transfers, and we're going to have a final round-up and discuss who we want to come in before Thursday. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this very short break. Hello, guys, and welcome back. Now, before we get into Maurizio Pochettino's comments after the game, we do have to mention that we have joined Patreon over the weekend as the last one on Spurs try to grow, try to become bigger and try and offer all of our wonderful listeners, that dedicated fan base we've got, even more last word on Spurs content. Now, if you're interested in Patreon, just to let you know what that's going to give you guys is exclusive access to a brand new third weekly podcast. And John, we have to say, we're going to be doing a special show every week where we're going to be discussing a lot of the youngsters coming through. We'll have a cup debate. We've got loads of stuff to come, John, haven't we, in the coming weeks? Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I'm just looking forward to sitting down and discussing with you. Such a great academy coming through at Hotspur Way, conveyor belt of talent. And I'm really looking forward to sharing some of the many questions I get on Twitter on a daily basis, sharing some inside knowledge on that. Also including early access to our feature podcast. We've got loads of feature shows lined up with some really top guests in connection with Spurs. So it'll be good to check it out. We've got competitions and prizes. We've also got the chance for you to join our wonderful panel once a month. So guys, if you're interested in the Patreon material, you can go to the website of www.patreon.com forward slash last word on Spurs. Just to be very, very clear, our format is still remaining the same and is actually going to be even better for the upcoming season. Where you would normally get your last word on Spurs shows on a Monday, they're now going to be on a Sunday. So we are going to become the first Tottenham Hotspur podcast to drop into your hopeful subscriptions across a weekend. And on top of that, you're still going to get your two hours of Love Sports shows on a Thursday. And again, this is optional. The extra content is there if you want it. Again, just to go to that website, www.patreon.com forward slash last word on Spurs. But let's get straight in to the aftermath of the game because Maurizio Pochettino come out and confirmed to us some of our worst fears, I reckon, that Dele Alli will not be ready for the start of the Premier League season against Aston Villa. He sustained a hamstring injury. Could be out for a couple of weeks. I mean, Chase, it's not what we want to hear. But, I mean, Ali, he does seem to pick up these hamstring injuries, doesn't he? Yeah, it's it's a worry with Dele because, you know, from the moment of Fulham... He didn't look, when he came back last year, all right, he was playing deeper, but he never really looked fit. He didn't seem didn't seem himself. And um, it's a big blow that he starts the season straight away with a, with a hamstring injury. Uh, whether it's, a, presumably if it's a couple of weeks, it's a, a pull more than a, a tear or a minor tear or something like that, because usually they're six or seven weekers, aren't they, when they're, when they're a full-on tear like he got at, at Fulham. But it's not ideal, particularly... Particularly, as I say, when you, you look at those two away games, the first two, City away, Arsenal away, and you think Son's suspended, there's no Deli Alley, you know, it's, it's, and Dombele needs to get up to speed. Harry's, you know, not got the greatest August record, although he did do it last year. So, you know, they're, they're tough fixtures where, where ideally you want the whole squad to pick from, and there's already key players missing for, for some of those games. So, yeah, it's a big blow to us. And, you know, I really hoped that we'd see 
Delhi after having that summer off, get back to the the Delhi Alley. I was pleased to see him in in a couple of the games this year, making that run beyond the front man. I thought, yep, that's it, get Delhi further forward. I know he can play deeper, but he's best for me when he's up and alongside Kane and making that that last man run. And we saw him in the, the Audi Cup make a couple of those runs. And okay, he didn't score, but it was so nice to see him making those types of runs. But, you know, it's a big miss for us because he's, you know, until the back end of last year, he's been one of our go-to players in big games, hasn't he? I agree with that one. And along with compounding the bad news, we've also found out, Lee, that it's looking like Wayne Ford's going to be out for a, a lengthy amount of time. I mean, Pochettino says many weeks. He said it was a tough injury, which the Argentinians suffered against Bayern Munich. How big a blow is that? Because it does seem like across the summer... He has been preparing one for him to fill in that right back slot. We're going to come on to a second, you know, transfers. What you expect to happen? But that's a massive blow, Lee, to lose Ali and now Foy for the start of the season. We've already got, as we mentioned at the start, of the yeah. show, so many injuries. Yeah, it is a bit of a blow. I mean, again, just put some context around. I think he's also suspended for the first two games. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he? Uh, yeah. because uh, because of his uh, <laughs> reckless red card against Bournemouth. So, um, so again, it is a blow, but it's not as it's not as strong as maybe a Delhi in the sense that he was he's banned anyway for the first two games. So, um, looking at uh, Juan Foyf, I think he is definitely a Potticino favourite. He's one of the players that he's brought in a couple of seasons back. He's uh, I know he ain't come for our academy as as John uh, John would know, but but he's still one of the youngsters if you, if you know what I mean in terms of uh, his age and his experience and all that sort of stuff. And again, very very similar to what we saw about KWPs prone to making a mistake as well but you know you, that's that's the only way you're you're going to get better if you you have to learn from the mistakes that you make so I think it is a bit of a blow I think it's certainly a blow for Poch because he was clearly looking at him to be um, conditioned I suppose for that right back berth uh, for sure and you know we've got Aurea who uh, you know he hasn't had a pre-season only played in the uh, African Cup of Nations so he might have had a few things but he's got an injury now as well so yeah uh, it's, it is. I didn't realise actually until coming and talking to you lads. It, I didn't realise how many people we had on the hospital beds. Still, there's, there's you, might a few injuries, you might get game with this, right, Lee? Well, to be fair, I don't know. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to shout them from the sideline. I might kick kick them up the butt. Well, they might need it, Lee, ahead of Saturday. But John, thoughts because you know losing those players. Does this give the youngsters a couple of youngsters the chance of filling in the squad? Do you reckon, John? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that especially Jaffet Tanganga and. Um, uh, Troy Parrott, they've really impressed pre-season. And, and young Harvey White as well. He, he's a lot, you know, he's 17 as well, like Troy Parrott, but he's he's just a little bit... Whereas Troy Parrott is built like a man, and he's sort of ready, already, in my opinion, to, to play men's football. Young Harvey White is a real slight lad. He's probably about 10 stone soaking wet. Um, so, <laughs> you know, he might take some time to bulk up, but he looks confident on the ball. Um, and then, obviously, Skippy. I mean, Skip already looks like a seasoned pro. I've been so impressed with him pre-season. Yeah, I don't even consider him. I don't even consider him one of the younger lads, even though he's only eighteen. I just think he looks so mature, ready to play. I expect you know, last year he got twelve appearances. I think he'll double that this season across all competitions. John, just quickly on that with Skippy. Like, I think you know that that's what a season does for you, isn't it? Like being in and around the first team, like you say, 12 appearances last year. He, he feels like he can kick on and he does look a, like a different type of level from, from the other academy players because of that experience. Yeah, definitely. We've had a history of doing that as well. If you can go back as far as Jake Livermore, I mean, we had he played about 30 appearances one season. A lot of them were five minutes off the bench at the end of games or starting games at home to your West Broms and Holes. But then we sold him, he was a full England international for one, and two, we sold him for 10 million. So 
they either turn out to be good squad players or starting players like we've got with Winks and Kane, or you can make a profit that keeps the academy going and profitable for the next five, ten years. Ironically, he played for both West Brom and Hull. <laughs> hey, yes, of course. Yeah. You, can, you can make that. Very good. John, question for you, based on the academy. Reggie Moore says, what are our options up front as backup or partner for Kane? Do you see Parrot playing a bigger role in the upcoming season? Well, but based on the fact that we've sold Vincent Janssen, who of course you know, wasn't that involved anyway, but towards the end of last season, he did make a few sub-appearances. Lorente's been released, which is massive for the development of any other forward at Tottenham. Um, I do think that, um, that Troy will be involved. But I mean, after that, that's the worry. After that, mm. I mean, Kaziah Sterling hasn't really cracked on. He had his loan at Sunderland where he couldn't really get a look in. You know, if you're not getting a look in in League One at the age Kaz is at now, I think he's 21. Um, you know, are you going to play for Tottenham? Probably not, is the answer. I reckon he'll go out on loan before Thursday. Shayon Harrison has left on a free transfer and it was probably his time to go. Other than Troy, there's not a lot there coming through forward-wise. This young Keon Etete, who joined from Notts County, scored today against Liverpool in the Under-19 Youth Cup. He looks like a good player. Um, but again, he's very young. Um, but I think I think Troy will get some minutes this season. And if he does, I expect him to impress. OK, interesting. Now, guys, 10 minutes to go. We said we'd keep it to an hour. Obviously, we've got two hours to come on Thursday as well for you in that deadline day special, which Jason McGovern decided to avoid. Well, I'm missing it. No, yeah. I can't wait, mate. I, you know, I, I, did, I volunteered volunteered to work in a, in a deep mine, I tell you. So I'm, I'm going to be about 16 miles underground, ideally, being burnt alive while the transfer window's on and then it'll come out when it's all finished and, and be delighted, mate. Brilliant, fantastic. Well, guys, <laughs> we'll do some quick-fire questions and discuss who you want to see come in before Thursday. Let's get straight into them. Quick-fire, guys. We've got to make them quick. Trini Bev says, what right-backs are out there and available? John, tell us, what do you think? Who's out there? Felix Sattel. He seems like a player has been linked a lot. Very impressive in league uh, last season. Um, he would be the one I would go for. Okay, there's also links to Napoli's high Sage, but again, these are names being thrown out there. Who knows what's going to happen? Steve Jarvis, Jay's question for you, says, how about this? How long before Pochettino will get pissed off with a transfer farce at this football club? No idea. Okay. No idea, Jay, we stay sticking with that? I mean, it is quick fire, so that'll do. No idea. Okay. No idea. Lee, 242 Lawrence at 1,000 yard stare. God, these Twitter handles are getting more and more complicated in the seasons coming up. He says, it's a good one. I know, right? He says, do Arsenal until now have a better window than we have, number one? And two, do you think we still lack the big mentality club with the other top six seemingly have it? Is that fairly quick ones on those points? Uh, so, uh, Arsenal, no, uh, because they've strengthened, uh, they haven't strengthened the team at all. They've brought in a forward for 72 million quid and they needed uh, about three centre-backs. So, they're, they're having a shocker. Don't you worry about that. that. Don't 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 be blinded, right? Fans, listen to me right now. Right? Do not be blinded by people spending 70 million quid on a player. They're, they're irrelevant to us. They've brought in a 72 million pound player, uh, attacking player, but they need to buy three centre-backs. They're, they're having a shocker in defence. They might go and score 50 goals, 60 goals, but they're letting 60, 70 goals. So don't don't worry about Arsenal. They're irrelevant to us. Um, that's the first point. The second point is big-time mentality. Very difficult to answer, Lauren, because at the end of the day, we, we are we are dining at the top table, like I said a couple of weeks ago, and we're still finding our feet there. So so maybe, maybe we're still looking around saying... Are we good enough to be here? Should we be here? Maybe there's that little lack of belief that maybe Jay's talked about earlier with some of the players. But but again, that's just my opinion. My opinion being is that we should stand up tall, puff our chest out and say, wait, we are champions 
Champions League finalists here and we are going to come into that season. Undumbele, regardless of how many other signings we make, you make my words, he's going to make a difference to our team. We've got some very, very strong players, if kept fit, in depth. People say going up against Man City, going up against Liverpool... They're the people to, uh, to go after. The reality is situation is, go through the team. Do it. After this pod, go through the team. Write it down. Player for player in each position. And, and I'm telling you, it's a strong, strong squad. If we add a couple more in there, we're going to be in the mix for sure. OK, just on that point, this is a great question to kind of you know, follow on from that. Because Paul, a.k.a. Paul, PS1304, over to you, John. He says, it looks like Delia's turned into Darren Anderton with his injuries and Ericsson has lost his focus. If we only buy Tony and Dembele... Do we have the squad to still stay in the top four? Absolutely. If you ask me now, if we brought nobody else before Thursday, I'd say to you we're going to finish third as a minimum. Okay. We've kept all our star players and we've added a world-class central midfielder. We have improved greatly already. Okay, interesting. And Jace, final one off the panel this week of the questions. James Anderson at one. James Anderson says, with Chelsea and Arsenal temporarily weakened and United looking for a resurgence, should Spurs settle for scraping into the top four or should they spend big in order to form a breakaway with City and Liverpool? Well, I've had enough people call James Anderson this week. So after his, uh, after his uh, monumental fitness failure in the Ashes Test match... Um, <laughs> No, we don't want to scrape into the top four. And that's that's the only difficult thing, you know, when people talk about we want to be in a title race. Do we expect to, to pull back the, what was it, 27 points? Do, I'd, I'd like Tottenham to be high 80s, 87, 88 points. And I think if we can get 87, 88 points, that will represent a, a good league season. And if that's enough to win you a title, great. If it isn't, so be it, you know. Who'd have said Liverpool's 97 points wouldn't win them a league? So, but no, I don't want to be sitting around going into the last six weeks of the season scraping and scrimping like we did last year. Okay, now guys, we've got five minutes left. Four and a half minutes, actually. Let's discuss quickly ahead of Thursday what we want, who we think we're going to sign. Lee, I'm going to start with you. So we've been linked. Ah! That's Jason, Jason Bailey. Jason just hanging himself in the background. But listen, listen, it doesn't matter, guys. Forget Jason. We have to discuss it. There's four minutes to go. I love that reaction. Oh, that's priceless. That's got to go on the best bits. We haven't even started the season yet. We've not even started the season yet. He's already losing his mind. Lee, um, Fernandez, he scored 23 goals last season and notched 14 assists in 31 league games. Tell us, if I want to ask you between him and Lachelso, who you would prefer... Listen, like all of us, we don't know these players that well. We're not maybe well scouted in terms of yeah, the Liga yeah. and the Portuguese League. Who would you rather go for, Lee? I know we're pushed for time. It's very difficult for me to answer. The only way I'm going to answer this is whoever Poch wants. Good. If Poch point, wants yeah. Fernandes, then go for him. If Poch wants Chelsea, then go for him. I, my suspect, my, um, I suspect the four-panel, pa- uh, of which, by the way, just in case it's not clear to anyone... Pochettino is part of that, right? He does know what goes on with transfers, right? Let me tell you that for for, for sure. So as part of that four-man panel, they've probably identified a position in the team, which seems to be like a number 10 or attacking midfielder, and they're going after them types of, of people, who whichever one Poch wants. I would like to see one of them come in. So I'd say Le Celso and Sessignon, would, and that means we've had a really good window. Okay. And keep Ericsson and Toby. Interesting. Okay, John, over to you. Lachelso, he scored nine goals along with making four assists during his debut campaign in the Liga with Raul Batiste. Tell us what you think is going to happen, John. Who would you prefer, Lachelso or Fernandez? What do you think? 
yeah, again, a bit like what Lee just said. I mean, I, I'm not an expert on either of these two players. They sort of appeared out of nowhere and suddenly they're worth 60 million, which I find quite bizarre to begin with. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, had you said to me at the start of the window, would I rather Ericsson or Fineva or both of these two? I'd rather keep Ericsson all day of the week. If you're pushing me for an answer now, I'm going to go for Lachelso because he's played in two big leagues in France and in, and in La Liga. OK, and saving my favourite opinion till last, Jason McGovern, how do you see the window ending and who would you like Spurs to sign? Don't care. Just shut it. Shut it. <laughs> next, next year, make sure it's only open for one hour. And get the whole thing done and dusted in an hour. Guys, there you have it. Jason McGovern bottling out of the transfer question. Let's have these players. Just, Rick, just for the listeners as well, though, because they want to see your opinion. Yes. You report on it so oh, much, no, mate. No, no. Yeah. What do you want to see? No. Do you, do you have the final word. Do you have the last okay. word on Spurs, right. Rick? See what I did oh, there. No. What no, do you no. want to see on Thursday? Lee, Ricky can't name 74 players to bring in. <laughs> no, honestly, if you, put, uh, if you put me on the spot, I would probably prefer Lachelso to Fernandez, only because we've we've chased Lachelso throughout the whole window. And I will just say, only doing like, the reporting that I do on, on the players from the very start, there was you know small murmurings for, at the start of the window, Fernandez. It went really, really quiet. But we have pursued Lachelso. Believe what you think, even if Jason says he's Pig Farmers Weekly, we have pursued Lachelso for the whole of the summer, and he does seem to be the player that Maurizio Pochettino wants to bring in. So, again, I'm the same as you guys. Whoever Pochettino wants, that's the player I want Daniel Levy to deliver. And I will just say this on Danny Rose to finish it up. Again, if Maurizio, he doesn't want Danny Rose, got no problem letting him go. But please, 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 don't leave us short any further in fullback. We've already lost one fourth, you know, Trippier's gone, we backed the Trippier Sal, but I only backed the Trippier Sal in the hope that we were going to strengthen the area. Let's not leave ourselves weak, let's be strong, let's end the window strong. We've got a big Thursday show coming at Love Sport. I've got John from Lily White Rose joining me, we'll have hopefully another guest as well. Big show. Jason, thank you so much for everything. Please don't kill yourself before Thursday, Jace. No chance, mate. Just can't wait for next Saturday. That's the most important thing. For me, you know, when everyone's talking about Thursday, the biggest date this week is 5.30 next Saturday. That's the date I'm looking forward to. Oh, mental. I do agree with you, Jason, all joking aside. Lee, thank you for coming back on. You're off on your holidays now, Lee, so we've got to lose you for a week or so. I know what I know. It's going to be meltdown. I'll tell you what, there's going to be crying emojis and all sorts of fly, flying around on Twitter for that. Um, I just want to echo what Jason just said there. That is the most important. It is back, baby. Villa, talk to me. Don't let them talk too much, Lee. We want to get the result. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're not doing bad. You know, they've made some big signs as well, Aston Villa. So it won't be, a tu- won't be an easy game. And John, me and you, we're partnering up. We've got a special show coming your way this week on Patreon. So guys, again, I will just say it one more time. If you're interested in extra content with the last word on Spurs, me and John are going to be recording and discussing the youth, the way forward. You can get on the Patreon by www.patreon.com forward slash last word on Spurs. John, we've got a lot to review this week. And also, of course, that window on Thursday on Love Sport. Yeah, absolutely. Loads going on this week. It's going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to, to Thursday and our, our separate show. Um, and come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Guys, enjoy the pod, and we'll speak to you very, very soon. Up the Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.